0: Here we go! It's the Electables Power Five Friday, and we've got a special guest, the Beats Tiffany Cross.
1: Hey guys, happy to be here.
0: So Elrod, you ready?
2: My number five is a tie between Amy Klobuchar and Terry McAuliffe. I think Terry McAuliffe has a huge advantage if he runs because he is a governor from a southern state. He turned Virginia blue. Virginia obviously is dealing with its own issues right now, so I think that gives him a leg up because he has such a good response on all of that. And he also created a lot of jobs in Virginia. I mean, he helped bring Amazon there. He has reformed the education system. He got a lot done in four years. He's got a real record to run on, and I think that will show in the debates if he does run. Amy Klobuchar, for the same same reasons I've seen before said before, uh, she's from the Midwest. I think our party understands how fundamentally important it is to get back the midwest to win back the midwest um amy klobuchar has made it very clear that that's her strategy that's her lane that's what she's running on so i'm gonna put both of those in my as a tie for my top for my fifth place
0: and our special guest tiffany cross
1: okay so do i just i go through all five right now no just start with that
0: number five
1: okay um julian is my number five Uh, he's kind of an underdog. He hasn't gotten a lot of attention, but he's got some great demographics working for him. Um, His twin brother, uh, Joaquin Castro in Congress, is the chair of the Congressional Hispanic Caucus. The caucus has been a little silent uh, about Mm -hmm. their support and I think if they wanted to, I mean, they could really start to um, put the pressure and engage people. And it's a great environment now because you don't necessarily need the major media news outlets to uplift you. You can become your own media and your own press so they can start doing some digital engagement in a way. And a lot of millennials are not on the radar of a lot of pollsters and some of these, like, you know, um, panels that you see. So I, I'm not counting him out. I still think he could be a viable contender.
0: So my number five is Senator Elizabeth Warren. Last week, she was number four for me. So she dropped one spot. Uh, and uh, look, par- part of the reason why I'm high on her is because I think she has the most coherent message, crispest message. And uh, we saw this week she decided to abandon doing high dollar fundraisers. I think that picked up. Some steam out there. Um, I was surprised to see that she wasn't polling better in New Hampshire. Now these are very early polls, so you got to take them with a grain of salt. But um, neighboring state, I would have expected her to be polling a little bit better in New Hampshire. But she's scrappy. She's got a good message. I think she's putting together a good campaign. I do think she's going to pick up. I do think she's going to pick up steam in New Hampshire and really give Bernie a run for his money there. So he, she is my, uh, she's my number five.
2: Um, My number four is Beto O'Rourke, but again, as I've been saying all along, that's with the caveat that he needs to get in pretty quickly. If he's going to do this, I think his momentum continues to lose steam every single day that he's not in the race that he gained from the Senate race. Um, He drew large crowds in El Paso with the counter-Trump rally. Um, I think that's significant, but again, for all the reasons I've mentioned, um, he's got to get in pretty quickly if he's going to keep this impact going.
1: We have the same number four, Beto. Ooh. And the same, same reasoning. Listen, I think if there's been any candidate to do more damage to himself, it's been <laughs> Beto. I don't know <laughs> what he's waiting on. I don't know what he's doing. That road trip he took solo across and his Texas. wife got
2: upset. Yeah.
1: It was very strange. Away from the kids. And he had all of this momentum going for him. And it just kind of diluted um, over the past few months. So I think if he got in tomorrow... Um, there, there'd be a, a, a shot, a, a chance for him. Um, I mean, he broke records. and I mean, he helped Texas get a little closer to turning purple. Um, but, you know, at this point, make a decision, Beto. Like, the people want to hear from you. They want to know what you're doing. He did decide he's not going to run for Senate, so that's some sign. Sources are saying he's going to announce um, in the next couple of weeks, in the next two weeks even. So We heard see. in the
0: next couple of days.
2: Oh, uh, well. Those are our Just sources. heard that from a previous guest. Interesting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so my number four is Vice President Biden, and last week I had Vice President Biden at number two, and then the two weeks before that I had him at number one. And I think in part there's nothing about him as a person that's changed or, or you know, his issues or anything. It's just it seems to me it's becoming increasingly unlikely he's going to get in. Um, now, look, I think if he were to get in, he would be the front runner. He would be nationally the front runner, and I think he'd be probably uh, neck and neck with folks in New Hampshire. That's what most polling shows in Iowa. I think he has a chance to put together the broadest coalition. I think he's going to be able to, if he gets in, appeal to African-Americans, appeal to Hispanics, uh, appeal to older voters, appeal to voters in the Midwest. Uh, you know, I don't know how he would do with younger voters or millennials. There may be some nostalgia for the uh, Obama years but then again there are other candidates who are competing for millennials who might just f- fit better uh, but uh, so Biden is someone who I think on paper and potential would be my number 1 but because he's sort of not made that de- he's taken so long to make that decision he's missing out on some staff you know there are other people you know, there are activists and other people who are going elsewhere I know there are people who are still waiting for him but I- I'm not saying he's missed his moment but I just think he's got to get in real quick or, you know, in the next two, really by the end of this quarter.
1: Yeah, I agree
2: with that. Yeah, I'm with you. My number three is Joe Biden for the same reasons you just mentioned, not worth going back into. I think the one aspect that he really still has for him that going for him that nobody else has is the fact that in poll after poll, a lot of primary voters in early states have made it very clear that he's the one person at this point who they think can beat Donald Trump. So that would be one of the, um, you know, one of one of their reasons for supporting him above others. But I think once this debate process starts um, and again, there's 12 primary debates. Let's not forget that. Once this debate starts process starts in June, I think other candidates will emerge as also people who can take on Trump. So, um, yeah, that's my thought.
1: OK, my number three. Uh, is Elizabeth Warren. I think she's really found an ideological sweet spot um, on on this really diverse field of candidates. Um, She's a fundraising powerhouse, I think, with the way the primaries are set up. You know, you've got that big Super Tuesday with um, California, which is a really expensive primary to run in. It's like a $5 million minimum, really. Very um, expensive. Exactly. Um, So I think, you know, with Iowa and New Hampshire, then California and Texas, I think those are states that she can make a difference in. Um, So, yeah, and she... um, There are some other fundraising powerhouses, which I'll get to later on my list, Um, but I I, I still would not count her out just yet. She has a long record of advocating um, for underserved communities, specifically as it uh, relates to um, the economy and and finances and creating um, uh, wealth equality. So I think that's a message that transcends socioeconomics and, you know, Mm -hmm. everybody can, can relate and get on board with that. So she's my number three.
0: My number three is Beto O'Rourke, and you both have uh, already talked about his strengths and weaknesses. So I'm not going to I'm not going to go too much into that, other than to say that you know he raised eighty million dollars in the in the race against Ted Cruz. I think he has a chance to put together a really really interesting and diverse coalition if he gets in, uh, and he would run a very exciting campaign, an orthodox campaign. So he's my number three.
2: Oh, it pains me to say this, but my number two is Bernie Sanders. Um, it's because Bernie raised a lot of money. He raised five point six million dollars in the first twenty-four hours. Um, a lot of those, I think it was what, forty percent of those donors were new donors. Um, so these were not just him going off of old lists. Um, this is a this was a, you know, pretty significant thing. It pains me because as a former senior aide, Hillary Clinton, we had a pretty uh tumultuous primary, but again, anybody's better than Donald Trump. So if he becomes our nominee, of course I'll be you guys here.
0: haven't kissed him behind up him. Yet.
2: No, we 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 really haven't. We really haven't. But anybody's better than who we have in office right now. So um if Bernie's the nominee, I will get in full force behind him. But um look, I mean the the magic is still there among his supporters. It is not going away. I actually thought it might dissipate a little bit with more people running and maybe we'll it will. We'll see how the debates go. But he still has a very strong base of supporters out there, and that was very evident in his early grassroots fundraising
1: numbers. The path to, to the White House leads directly through the black community. I don't think Bernie's going to be able to do it. So well, that's why he's not on my list. But there you point, go, Amy. I mean, <laughs> Tiffany, Amen. I meant to say Amen, right. but yes, exactly. Amy is just a combination of Tiffany and Amen. So right, we'll that'll be our thing. It'll be. Our I thing. meant to say Amen, <laughs> just Amy came out. <laughs> uh, my number two is Biden uh, for for reasons. Um, I, I said in the last podcast, I think he um brings that Obama nostalgia. Uh, He can be dynamic in the fundraising space. Um, He has deep roots in a lot of communities, specifically South Carolina. Again, that's a very important primary, first southern um, state primary. No one can question this man's um, patriotism. He has quite a testimony. He's relatable. He's lost two children. Um, I mean, he's just served his country for so long. He's consistent. Uh, So I I think if if he got in this race, it would be a game changer for, for all candidates on the docket right now.
0: My number two is Kamala Harris, and uh, Senator Harris uh, was my number one last week. And she's dropping a spot mainly because of the strength of my new number one. Uh, I think Kamala, again, she's put together. I think she had the best rollout. It lasted the longest period of time. Uh, I think she's put she's got a very strong team. And I think her pathway is the most obvious, right? She does better than expected in Iowa. She wins South Carolina then goes to Super Tuesday and she's wins. She's
2: pulling third in New Hampshire right now. That's significant. Yeah,
0: so maybe she does well in New Hampshire too. Um, uh, and then she wins California, her home state. Uh, and then there's also uh, Tennessee, Virginia, North Carolina, and um, there's one other state I'm blanking on where I think she's going to do well. Uh, so
2: Super Tuesday states. Super
0: Tuesday states. So that's my, um, that's my number two. I do think she needs to work on her vision, though. I'm not yeah. quite sure what, that, what it is.
2: Um, My number one is Kamala. Um, For all the reasons Doug just mentioned, the map favors her. She's got charisma. She's got a record. Uh, She can connect with so many different constituencies. She's like a dream candidate. I do think so far she's been a little untested. Um, You know, she's been kind of riding high in the best way possible since she got in. I think she will be, understandably, as any front runner will in the debates, I think she will be attacked by uh, from the far left of the party from i think Cory Book- Booker will probably go after her on criminal justice um you know in that sense she will be um she will be a target for attacks but um her team is strong she's done a lot with little she got 22,000 people in Oakland um and and people are mesmerized by her she's getting crowds everywhere no matter where she, where she goes and it's really hard again to Um, reiterate how significant a a strong third place is right now in New Hampshire. Again, the polling's going to change time and time again, but that's a pretty significant place.
1: Yeah, I'll say Amy to that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Amy,
2: Amy to that
1: <laughs> uh, That's my number one choice too I, I think for all the reasons you just said um, That she'd be a, a dynamic candidate But I agree that she hasn't really been battle tested yet And and she will be And I think in, in that moment I think it'll be a shift Because I think that she'll shine uh, in those moments I also find it interesting that um, Donald Trump has never once gone after Michelle Obama. And I think Kamala Harris brings some of, of that. Such It'd be interesting to see these two on a debate yeah. stage together if, if, it, if it got there, because I, I think he just knows, let me tread carefully right. um, when attacking these you know beloved black women. Um, he also doesn't, he, doesn't
0: attack Nancy Pelosi, too. So there's, it's, this is true. Which is interesting.
1: Yeah, this is true. I mean, he some people say that, but he's disrespectful by referring to them as Chuck and Nancy. It's hmm. House Speaker, Mr. President. Nice. You. Amen. <laughs> amen, but, amen. But, no, that's a, that's a a fair point. I think, you know, bullies tend to know who they can go after. And for some reason he knows. Like, that's not uh, a territory that I want to venture into. So I think, you know, again, I think Kamala, um, she herself is diverse. I mean, she can, um, you know, turn out the Asian-American community. uh, as Her mother was uh, South Asian. Um, And I I think she has a story to tell. And I think even the criticisms over her prosecutorial record are not going to be enough to dwarf the enthusiasm from so many other people around her. Um, She hasn't necessarily been a policy leader. I think a lot of her policy she's been pushed to the left on some of those things which isn't a bad thing. She just has to tell her story of evolution and I think saying yeah, I didn't necessarily... Feel this way twenty years ago, or my policies didn't reflect them. But this shows that I listen to the people. I'm here to represent your interests, and I've since learned, or I've since shifted on, you know, anything from Medicare for all to some of her uh, criminal justice standpoints. So she's my number one. It's going to be hard to not have her on the ticket, and in a very, you know, div- increasingly diverse country. So uh, I'm I'm holding strong with her at number one. Amy, <laughs> Amy.
0: <laughs> so my number one is uh, Vermont Senator uh, Bernie Sanders. Boo. So, <laughs> here here are my reasons. One, uh, he just ra- he raised in the first week ten million dollars. So he uh, has proven that he can tap that machine again, and he's got he's also raised a lot from new uh, emails, which is something that um, we discussed earlier. He's also leading New Hampshire, although his support has dropped in half from what he won New Hampshire at in twenty sixteen. So. Um, Right now, and I, you know, look—he he knows what his message is. He knows he's—he knows—he knows, uh, he knows um, you know, what he wants to say. It's authentic, and um, he's my number one. Okay.
1: She stands alone.
0: <laughs> for Adrian Elrod and our guest Tiffany Cross, I'm Doug Thornell. Thank you for joining uh, the Electables, and we'll see you next time.